It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Hope everybody enjoyed uh, the little break there, the little 4th of July break. Hope you have all your fingers. I'm glad to see that Brady is back with all of his brain cells. Oh, that's this weekend. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, now the truth comes out. I told you that. I just said that I was doing other things this past weekend. Uh, I still had a busy 4th of July weekend, um, but we're going to have a busy show today. This is one of the more fun ones to do because when we do nearly 300 games a year on average, you're bound to get 10 really good ones. Well, and, and we had about 50 that we started out with, and then we whittled the list down to about, what, 25 legitimate candidates that all could have been on here. Yeah. And there are some good ones we left off. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the honorable mentions later, but um, yeah, we have a lot of different games. We have a lot of games that meant a lot. We have some regular season games that were just nuts. Um, yeah, we have a team on here three different times, uh, and we've had, I think, every sport is on here. Yeah, and, and, and we had one team that kind of gets a little conglomerate because it's really three games. Yeah, we had to one. cheat we had to cheat on a little bit of this. Otherwise we'd had too many good games left off. But yeah. uh let's not waste any more time. Uh we'll have our top ten games of two thousand twenty two, twenty three when we come back. We will do that. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll cut to make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated 
Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Home Style Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and uh, Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. And Brady, these are our top ten games of the uh, last school year. Uh, again, we did 200 and I believe it was 281 games right. this year. Uh, which was 20 fewer than the year before. But right. that's because uh, we had some, I was out with some injuries. Yes. <laughs> we had some <laughs> unforeseen circumstances. But either way, we still had some amazing games. And this is one I had forgotten about a bit um, until we really went through because, I mean, we each do, a, let's just call it 150 games each. Yeah. You're bound to forget some games and this was one that had slipped my mind but the more i went back i was like yeah this needs to be on the list it's our only hockey game but in a season that didn't have a lot of ups report here on northern this was the one bright shining moment yeah you know it wasn't a great hockey season locally but for one night northern went out on the ice against orchard lake st mary's a huge underdog they were struggling to score goals uh, and and their their number one goaltender was down, or at least at the time their number one guy didn't play. Yeah, and, and and didn't play in the game. And a freshman came in and absolutely stood on his head. And Northern shocked the high school hockey world with a win over Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Backhand try is blocked off by Ainsworth. Monahan will chip to the line. It didn't come out. Shot from the point. Block rebound chance in front. And Johnston let one fly, and that one was kicked away by Alcomo. He made a really good save there. Right circle, Scotchard. Back in front for Monahan. He'll skate it along the boards. Goes back to Scotcher, right circle. Back to Monahan, right corner. Back to Scotcher. His shot was blocked. Smith's got it in front. He scored! Bryson Smith pulled it to the backhand, and he lifts it up past Cervelli. It's a power play goal for the Huskies, and they grab a one to nothing lead. With 5.31 to go here in the opening period. Just 10 seconds to go in the period. Centering pass is blocked by Steven Roberts. And now Smith out of the box, carries to center. Got around his man, has a second. He scored! Does it count? I think it does. Bryson Smith just beat the buzzer and gives the Huskies a 2-1 lead here at the end of the first period. They'll shoot it off in behind the goal. Dom Pierre played it to the line, but Barrett held it in. Back down low, Bruno giving chase. Now Cheneau sent one towards the net. He scored! Cheneau from the corner banked it in off Cervelli. And Northern has spent the whole period in their own zone, and they get a gift goal there and take a 3-1 lead. Kelly won the draw. Seaman along the left wing boards. 
Trying to move into the circle. Got a shot away. Save Alcomo on the rebound. Punch just wide of the goal. Kelly back to Seaman with a shot. Alcomo another stop, and he's got it covered. But Alcomo picking up where he left off in the second with some big saves here early on in the third. They won the draw, but to a side where nobody was. It comes out to center. Kerrigan dives at it. Blocked. Seaman plays it ahead. Bouncing at the Husky line. They get it back into the neutral zone. It's brought back in on the offside. And the buzzer sounds to end the game. And Northern has beaten St. Mary's by a final score of 3-2. to two. Yeah, and, and the reason they really won the game, uh, Brady, was the play of uh, Evan Alcomo in goal. I think he made uh, 40-something saves in the, the game and good saves. Like, he, he was really acrobatic and quick in the goal that night, especially with, like, his feet kicking pucks away. Right. He was just sensational. Or In all, in all rights, Orchard Lake St. Mary should have won the game 9-3. to Right. And Alcomo made it a 3-2 to win. And they, uh, you said it in the one clip that the one, I think it was the second period, they spent the entire time going through and getting highlights. It's St. Mary's with the puck, St. Mary's with the puck, St. Mary's with the puck, and then I find the goal. And, yeah, they spent the whole period in that zone and uh, a bright spot for the future of Northern Hockey. Shine that day. He didn't be, I mean, he's just a freshman, so you know there's th- that's in him. And yeah. if he can harness that and become something uh, for – the years to come, they'll have something there. But for one night, he shined brightly and stole a game from a really good team. If I remember correctly, Northern was coming off like a nine to nothing loss to Catholic Central yeah, before they, this game, and they, it wasn't like they were playing well. And this was the culmination of a streak. This came out of left field. Yeah, no, the, the, yeah, they they were in the, uh, a bad stretch, and this kind of started a little win streak for them, if I recall correctly, without. Going back and looking up, I think they won three in a row off of this game. Yeah, and that was, and after that point, that's when the struggles really started. But this was a huge win against a team that they just don't beat a lot. They don't get a lot of league wins, and to and to steal one like that early in league play uh, to get it from an unlikely source. And I mean, you have a buzzer-beating goal in the second. How often do you get that in hockey? Um, you have a goalie that has forty-plus saves, and admittedly, the last goal was not pretty by any means. It was a bad goal, but sometimes you need a bad no, goal but, to win but, these. Games. You know what? For a, a lot of times uh, I come back from these games and I go, man, you, you know, the, sometimes the teams don't play well, but it seems like they don't, we don't get a lot of breaks, especially at McMoran Arena. It seems like right. the bad bounce always goes against the home team. And this was a night where Northern got a, a bounce on the goal by Cheneau and they got a break on Smith literally beating the clock by a split second. Yeah. So, you know, no and then sure. Alcomo had a – had a horseshoe in his back pocket the whole game. Well, no sooner did you say he has a second that you said scores. So <laughs> it had to have been legitimately under one second that they got ultimately was the, the deciding goal. Yeah, and and it's when the buzzer starts. Right. That's when time is up. So it's not necessarily when you see zeros on the clock because you've got tenths of a second right. that a lot of scoreboards don't show. Right. So. So, but he, he got it in, and, well, Northern got, got a huge – huge win in the uh in the early part of the league playing again it wasn't a great season but this is one that they can look back on and maybe a building block for next year that you saw this flash of what they can do 
All right, let, let's get to the uh, game that you saw here recently. Uh, yes. This was a, a baseball game. This was in the districts. Yeah, and baseball is a tough one because for it to be a great game, usually there has to be a lot of stakes. Like, it's hard to get just a regular May baseball game in here. Um, but this one had some stakes. It was the districts. It was Armada versus Cross Lex, and... I thought it would be a decent game. I didn't expect to have what happened. Um, I didn't even put all the highlights in there because I wanted to. Some of the other highlights go quite long, so I didn't want to keep it too. I want to keep it a little brief. But there were back and forth momentum swings where there was probably four or five different times that each side thought, "Yes." This is the time we're going to win. Now we've got it. Or, yes, we just stopped them. They have nothing left in the tank. And it was three pitchers that all pitched really well in this game. But it was Armada and Cross Lex in the district semifinals. The first game on a Friday morning started us off with some fireworks. The pitch. Swinging a ground ball back up the middle. Dive gets by Filber. Ching can't field it cleanly. Around third and into score is Braylon Davis. Talk about manufacturing a run. Nolan Moore with the first hard hit ball of the day gives him an RBI and Cross Lex leads it one to nothing in the bottom of the third. 0-1 Mendoza set. Heading down to second. Genuine hit and run. Base hit into left field. Armada's tied it up in the fourth. Still only one away, and the RBI knock from Remy Jelniak makes it a 1-1 game. Nine runners have been left on base for Armada in this game. 1-1 in the seventh. Go-ahead run stands on second. First pitch to Cambron. Swing and a pop-up. Foul ground. Partlow on his horse. Makes the basket catch. First two runners get aboard for Armada, but Drew Hosterman... Walks that tightrope to the bottom of the seventh inning. Gets the next three batters out in short order. We head to the seventh. The speedy Grappi off of second. He's got a big lead. Marcy paying no attention to him. First pitch. Swing and a ground ball to second. Picked up by Genuine to Filber for one. The throw to first. Got him. Double play. We're going to extras. Are you kidding me? Nolan Moore on third. He's the winning run. Alondo Mendoza and Connor Partlow on first and second. Their job is just to not run into any outs. Croslex trying to walk it off and get to the district finals. The pitch. Bunch attempt misses, and they take out more. Oh, they went for the suicide squeeze. Throw to third. Gets away. Mendoza comes home. Croslex wins it. Not how they drew it up. A failed suicide squeeze. They tag out more. They go for the double play at third. The throw got away from Pratt and Benny Mendoza. It's going to be Alondo Mendoza comes home from third on what is one of the wildest walk-offs I have ever seen in well, <laughs> yeah, that's and exactly the way they wanted it. By the way, Alondo Mendoza pitched a gem to start. There weren't any highlights in there, but between from Mendoza to Hosterman and then Marcy for Armada, they all pitched wonderfully. The double play you heard was actually the third double play that Croslex had hit into, and I think in the last in the last four innings when that had happened so it had felt like Croslex had their opportunities to win but yeah not often you see a walk-off failed suicide squeeze I mean you heard almost the just confusion in my voice and the chaos when, when that happened you know and, that, and that's a, a part of high school uh, sports sometimes you make a good play 
uh, and then you make a mistake. Right. This was also the same play that back in the second inning, there was a pop-up bunt attempt on a suicide squeeze um, for Armada was batting, and the kid from Cross-Lex caught it, turned and fired to third to try to double him off, and no one was there, and the left fielder had come in to back it up, and that prevented a run from scoring, and he thought it was a nothing play because it was in the second inning. Well, it goes to extras, and that turns out that one backup made the difference in the game. Yeah, that, that, so that's a, a good uh, ball game uh, and an exciting ball game. Maybe not necessarily a clean ball game. Well, I would say but that was, also makes for the excitement. I mean, those are the two big blunders, but for the most part, I thought it was fairly clean. It's just when they made a mistake, it was a fairly noticeable mistake. I mean, Marcy is a lefty that I didn't see till the end of the season for Armada, but every time I saw him, he just wowed me. And I just felt like I didn't, we didn't give him the praise he deserved because I, we didn't get to see him against Algonac early in the season when we spotlighted Armada a little bit. But when I did see him against Yale in the districts, in the district quarters, and then the district semis against Cross-Lex, he was magnificent in back-to-back games. But Alondo Mendoza was also magnificent. And remember, he started the year on JV. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, let's... Uh... Again, to refresh people, we're going in reverse order. Yes. So this is our number eight game number, here. Oh, yeah, the next one's number eight. Number and, n- 10 was Northern Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Number nine was Armada Cross-Lex Baseball. And, and this is a game that almost made it higher on our list. You really like this game. This is the Port Huron Northern Cross-Lex uh, yes. boys basketball game. It was early in the season. It's a cold night. The game was at uh, was Cross-Lex. And, and just kind of what was at stake here and what was it's a non-league game so it doesn't mean anything in the standings but, but. The, there was hype going into this I think it's fair to say that just pure talent wise this is one of the most hyped basketball games this area has seen in a long time don't get me wrong there have been some good uh Armada cross Lex games There's been some good Marysville-St. Clair basketball games that have happened, but very rarely have we had two teams that are ranked in the state that we both believe could make a deep run and would later prove that, yes, these were two of the better teams in their respective divisions, meet up in the Blue Water area, and Crosslex coming in this game hadn't lo- the, the senior class had not never lost at home. They had won something like forty some straight games, and they had been untouchable. And I, part of me wants to say, a part of me doesn't that this was almost like a, a passing of the torch kind of moment where Crosslex had been so dominant for the past three four years. Now you had these young guns at Northern led by Tyler Jamison, but Moreland Haru and um, Alex Jamison all coming in almost like they are taking the reins of who's the dominant program in the area. I'm sure there's a lot of pioneers and a barber up there who would disagree (laughs) with me, but it was the part of this game had to do with the hype. And when you have a great game, some of it's the hype, some of it's the stakes, some of it's what's happened in the games. There wasn't a ton of stakes here, but there was a lot of hype. And the game delivered. Yeah, the, the game delivered, absolutely. And Tyler Jamison delivered, but he waited a little while. He picked it up in the second half of this game. Let's get to the highlights. Kolakovic the other way. He's going to fire a long three right down the middle. Trey Kolakovic triples. 3-2 Pioneers, 30 seconds into the game. He'll get a screen from McDonald, but can't shake Alex Jamison. Kretsch open left wing for three, and it's through. 
and he's fouled. 13 for Zach Kretsch with a free throw coming. And rebounded by Hosterman. He lost it. Jamison back to the basket. Yep, and he's fouled. Tyler Jamison with the bucket. And a free throw coming. 40-37 Northern. Kalakovic is going to spin and force over Moreland. Off the glass and it goes. Circus shot by Trey Kalakovic. Makes it 44-43. And we'll get a timeout called here. Now Jamison backs out. One-on-one against McDonald. Gets to the free throw line. Forces up the shot and it goes. 23 for Jamison. 46-43 Northern. Gets to the free throw line. Gives it up to Moreland. Moreland spins down the lane then kicks it off. Extra pass. Alex Jamison for three and it's through. Off the right wing. Alex Jamison triples. 53-49. The Huskies first points of the fourth. Give them a four-point lead. Got the second one. 28 for Jamison, three-point game, 15 seconds to go. Kalakovich bringing it up. Pioneers need a triple to tie, 10 seconds. Kretsch out top, eight seconds. Gives it off, Geiger for three and the tie. Off the mark, no, Jamison the rebound. They foul him with 1.6 seconds to go. If he makes one free throw, Northern will get the win. And they did get the win, but it was a great ball game. And, that you know... We hype a lot of games, and then the score gets lopsided one right. way or, or the other. This is one where we hyped. Both teams left everything out on the court. The star players were star players. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it, it was just you, – you, you left the gym. I mean, I'm sure Cross Lex fans were disappointed, and the gym was packed. Right. Um, uh, everybody in town was there. A lot of people from Northern. A lot were of there. basketball fans were there. Um, you had you, a lot you, of people that didn't have really a ties to either school that yeah. just went to watch. You, you don't often have the stands pulled out on both sides uh, at Crosslex, and and they had stands out, and it, it, it was it was packed. And you know, even walking out of the gym, you had to go. Well, that's a really good basketball team, and we were toe to toe with them. We're still good. Right. It was two heavyweights slugging it out. And we, the highlights, there was actually more like Crosslex big plays to stay in the game. And Northern was just kind of steady as they go. I think there was a Jamison dunk in there I missed, but I didn't want to spend my entire weekend looking through highlights. <laughs> but um, no, they just, Northern just proved that they were on that level. And Crosslex, yeah, you're right, went toe to toe, blow for blow. This was like the third and fourth games of the season for both sides. Uh, it was very early on. And, well, this is a game that you don't get too often. Like, you don't get a game of this caliber with two area teams with legitimate talent and stars on both sides. Uh, that happens every, even every decade. Yeah. So, And, and that's, uh, I hope, a rivalry that uh, has really started a Northern Crosslex boys basketball rivalry would be a lot of fun. Yes, it would. And it just the atmosphere and everything about that game just had big fight feel to it. And they both delivered. Everyone delivered on that front. I mean, you had Tyler Jamison. He's what, what did he end up with? 28, I think you said. Yep. Um, but Trey Kolakovich played well. Zach Kretsch had, I think, 19 or he got into the low 20s. Yeah, he was that. he was hot shooting early in the game. Right. He, he had a big he had a big first half. 
And even though it technically had no stakes, it, all it did was perhaps uh, it could have affected like playoff seating. It ended Cross Lex's like four year home winning streak, which they had not lost in the time we had done get stuck on sports. Yeah. They had been unbeaten and very rarely challenged in that gym. And Northern was the first one, and they knew it going into it. Like, Northern knew what the stakes were. You know, sometimes teams will play it down and be like, you know, it's just another game. They basically said, screw that. We know what this challenge (laughs) is. Bring it on, and we're going to take you down. And that's exactly what they did. All right. Speaking of rivalries, uh, we had a softball game between Marysville and St. Clair. That was fairly exciting, and this is one that you were at. Yes, um, this one had some stakes. So this is our number seven game of the year, Marysville-St. Clair softball. And it the game would never happen, first of all. This was actually <laughs> the true. second scheduled game of the series because the way they do it in softball is you play everyone once, then you play everyone again. Well, the first time they were supposed to play early in the league season, Delay, delay, delay. Like, it legitimately got rescheduled like six times. So this was the second game that was supposed to happen. It ended up being the first. And there were some nerves going into this game. Um, And neither side played cleanly. I thought about, uh, you know, going through the whole game, but there were errors. There were some not great plays. There were some really nice plays in this game. But in the end, St. Clair took a one-run lead into the bottom of the seventh. They made an error to let the go-ahead run get on in Megan Winston. And then Avery Wolters came to the plate. 6-5 St. Clair on top of Marysville. Bottom of the seventh. St. Clair undefeated in league play. Marysville trying to keep pace. They have one loss. First pitch to Wolters. Misses high and away. Ball one. Wolters into the box. 0 for 3 today. No better time than now for her first base knock. Winston on first, the pitch. Swing, fly ball, left field. If it's fair, it's over. And it is. Is it gone? Is it fair? It's a home run. Home plate umpire says it hooked inside the foul pole, and Avery Walters walks it off. Marysville gives St. Clair their first loss of league play, 7-6. And there was nobody that was less excited than that umpire. <laughs> I talked about it the I show after. I about this part. But this like, annoyed you. It, it didn't annoy me. It, well, it, it annoyed me because he took so long to make the call. And, you know, you think in that moment, you're an umpire. You take a lot of crap. And you, you don't get a lot of exciting moment. This is an exciting moment. And he just kind of stared down the line. And then he, like, waited a second and went, all right, home run. <laughs> and I'm and like everyone's looking at him because half the Marysville dugout is out, and they like slow down. They go, "Wait, is it fair?" And it's just home run. I'm like, dude, sell the call, man. I just and, I just want to go back and get clips from early podcasts where I predicted Avery Walters would have a big softball season. You did say and that. She did. Um, she had a breakout year uh, at, at the plate and defensively too. She was pretty pretty good for. Uh, a good Marysville team, and uh, she was involved in a lot of their exciting wins. Well, and you know when you get in a, in a baseball or softball game and you get into the last inning, and you may be up a run, but as soon as St. Clair made that error to get Winston on, you everyone just kind of went, okay, th- this is going to happen. It doesn't matter that she's 0 for 3. This is 
Chernobyl levels. <laughs> yeah. Like you can just sense the danger coming and she blasted it. I, I think it almost landed on the baseball field. She crushed it. Like it was over the foul pole, I think, and that's why everyone was waiting. And where I'm where you sit yeah. is you're we're slightly down the third baseline. So even when we stick our head out the window, you can't see the foul pole. So I immediately start staring at the umpire and I'm like, dude, make the call and sell it. And yeah, that uh as you heard in the clip, it gave St. Clair their first league loss, and that ultimately was the difference between St. Clair being Mac White champs and Marysville being Mac White champs. Yeah, uh, a great. It was a great softball uh, uh, season this year. All right, so those are our first uh, four games yep. on the uh, list. We'll do games six through three uh, in our next uh, segment, but we'll take a, a quick break here, and we'll be back with our uh, sixth best game of the year in just a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue. Brisket, pork, and sausage, you're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on Lapeer, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone. And DB's does catering. Whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448 and like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five star reviews they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit once you get your mattress they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up when you think sleep think mattress king Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City. Call 800 964 Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. 
This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, uh, welcome back. Well, it was a big year for Sandusky girls basketball. Uh, you were there when Aldemont right. tied the wins record. Uh, I was at Unionville when he broke it. Those are obviously the two big moments. Right. Real quick, just want to recap the first four we did. Number 10 was Northern versus Orchard Lake St. Mary's Hockey. Number 9, Armada Croslex Baseball in the District Semis. Number 8 was Northern versus Croslex Boys Basketball. And number 7 was Marysville versus St. Clair Softball, the first meeting in that game in that yeah. season. So, uh, but... The, but as good as that program has been, it had been a long time since they were regional champions. Kind of had a glass ceiling forming over them. Yeah. Uh, where they had they would win districts all the time. They'd play in regional finals all the time, but couldn't get that big win. They were in a regional final the year before at Reese and lost by two points in, in that game. They were playing an old rival in Cass City. Who had beat them earlier in the year. Yeah, who, who had given them uh, one of the – they had like two or three losses at the time, and Cass City was one of the teams that had uh, beaten them. Uh, but uh, Sandusky finally got it done on their home court. They were hosting this uh, regional, and they finally get that elusive regional championship. Allie Jansen to Geeboard. Down low it goes to Helena Long. She'll get in front with a little hook shot, and that goes – Geeboard looking around, sends it down low. Kaufman, nice entry pass, and Brooke Jansen got loose and lays it up and lays it in. Geeboard against Cuthrow's pressure, gives it up now for Morgan Taggy. Out top, Brooke Jansen goes to Allie Jansen on the left wing. Straight away, it's Geeboard, sizes up a three and sends it right down the middle. Taggy now trying to get inside. Kicks it back out. Geeboard straight away for the lead. The three won't go. Rattled around. Rebound. Brooke Jansen back up off the glass and in. 35-34. Sandusky, 20 seconds to go in the third. Brooke Jansen will shot put the second free throw through. Three-point game. 45-42. 29 seconds. And the first free throw doesn't even touch a rim. Sandusky's up by four with three and a half seconds to go. Second free throw. A strike right down the middle. A five-point game. They'll inbound it to Cuthrow. She'll pick it up at midcourt. Chuck up a three. No. And that's it. The game's over. Sandusky, 49. Cass City, 44. And the Lady Wolves have won their first regional championship in 23 years. That's a long time when you consider the success that that program uh, has had. Uh, and that was the thing. That night, they were sensational at the free throw line, especially down the, the stretch. They had, like, ridiculous numbers. They were, like, 16 out of 19 or something like that. And, and I 
and that's why you host a regional because I think that made a little bit of a difference, and that could have been the difference in that game. But you could hear in the background the crowd. That was a ravenous crowd in Sandusky. It was packed, uh, and and again, Cass City was good. They had a big girl, Ignash. Sandusky had a small team, mm-hmm. uh, and it, I was amazed that they got any rebounds at all. Uh, and the first half, they couldn't stop Ignash. They did a better job in the second half. Um, and I think only four girls scored for Cassidy in that game, but two of them scored most of their points. I, I think they got 34 of their 44 from two players. Uh, Ignash and Cuthrell had 17 each, uh, but Sandusky just does it by committee. Like, Taggy was probably their star player, but even the, then, like, they just, they've got six, seven kids that play, right? and they all do something. Yes. And that's why Sandusky has been so successful. And I know they're a little out of the way, and we don't do a ton of them. But they were our last girls basketball team standing, and that was a heck of a game to get there against a rival who they lost to earlier in the year for the first regional title against this any of the kids' lifetime since '99. The, the stakes in this one elevated the game definitely when we were talking about it. Yeah, and then they lost the quarterfinal to Bishop Foley by two points, and that might have been an even better game. Right. Um, but, again, the, the significance of, of that win. Now, this basketball game <laughs> that, had, didn't have that a lot of comes at number five um, maybe wasn't the best played ball game of the year. In fact, it might have been one of the sloppiest played ball games of the year, but it was close, and then there was a great comeback, and just, it was bizarre. Yes, so this is going to be the longest highlight. It's going to be about five, six minutes, and the last 70% of it is just basically an uncut straight through the end because you have to go through the craziness of this game. St. Clair and Anchor Bay weren't in a league game. The game didn't mean a whole lot, but it was just so out there that the the only we had to put it on the list yeah. because it was just crazy and i just let dennis do all the talking because you can just tell the craziness and the great way the game was played but the controversy and we'll, we'll talk a lot about it but strap in because this was the wildest <laughs> game we had all year yes it was big break for the saints they'll take a timeout with 13 seconds to go 59-57. The inbound is tapped, but Franz ends up with it. They trap him in the backcourt. Three men around him. He finds Ellis. Ellis is followed by Trap. Tars are asking for a travel call, and they talked him into it. Traveling, and now a technical foul against Logan Ellis. Five seconds to go. The official calls traveling after the Anchor Bay talk, a player talked her into it. Ellis said something, and he gets teed up. The Tars can tie it at the free throw line, and then they'll get the ball with five seconds to go. Second free throw by Gyra. Got it. We're tied. Essien, right wing corner. Deep three. He got it. Oh, he might have had a centimeter left before he was out of bounds, and he drained it, falling into the front row. 65-59, 17 seconds left in overtime. Franz could make this very difficult on the Tars with some free throws here. And the first one went down and popped out. It's still a four-point game. 
Second free throw coming. Got it. Why is he shooting a third free throw again? Why are they giving the Saints three free throws all of a sudden? He made two out of three there. I don't know why they're getting the third free throw. It's 71 to 65. All I know is it's the Saints by six with 17 seconds to go in overtime. Anchor Bay's got the ball, and again, they've got to move quickly here, and they'll probably be trying to get a three. They'll go to Gyra, right wing corner, 4-3, and he got it. Gyra keeps it interesting. It's now 71-68, and Gyra stole the ball, and he lays it up and lays it in. It's a one-point game, four seconds, three, two, one. We'll get a foul with one second to go. It's a one-point game. One second to go. The Tars want them to put time back on the clock. Gyra made a three. Then he stole the inbounds pass, made a two. Now there's a question about timeouts. The Saints have called a timeout, and if they're out of them, that's a technical. And again, confusion. And again, the officials huddle. And they were down six points and dead to rights. And Gyra drained the three, stole the inbound, and scored five points in a matter of seconds. There's one second left on the clock. I think we had a foul called, and Franz will probably go down and shoot three three throws again. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Then a timeout was called, and I saw the Anchor Bay assistant coach say they're out of timeouts. And now they're over at the scorer's bench, and I don't know if this is to put time back on the clock or if what's going on. And you know what? I probably know more than the officials do right now. So I think before there was a foul, the Saints called timeout. They've put two seconds back up on the clock, so now there's three seconds left in overtime. Nesbitt will inbound it, and he hit the rafters. He threw it up and hit the rafters. Anchor Bay will get it underneath the basket with three seconds to go and a chance to steal a win in overtime. They were down six, folks, with 14 seconds to go. Thomas will trigger. Gyra, layup, it goes! Tars win in overtime, or do they? No time left on the clock. It's 72-71 Anchor Bay on a Gyra basket. But the Saints may have gotten a timeout with one second to go. I think they're going to put one second back on the clock and give the Saints one more crack at it. But now they're behind. Anchor Bay has scored seven points from Dylan Gyra in about... Seven seconds of time. This is crazy. We are in an overtime that is never going to end. We have had a series of calls that I don't understand. The officials are in their 5,000th huddle of the game trying to figure out what the situation is. There's no time on the clock. It's 72-71 Anchor Bay in the most crazy finish I've ever seen and they're saying that's it the game's over the Tars win
Yeah, I was getting a little frustrated uh, there. And now, believe, it, believe it or not, that's the cut down version. <laughs> I, there is a lot I left out. You know there is. And that was still like a five-minute highlight yeah. clip. Yeah, it, it was, again, it was crazy because it looked like the Saints had it won twice. Looked like they had it won in regulation, and then what I thought and what obviously uh, Logan Ellis thought was a bad call. It looked like he got fouled. Right. And they called it a travel, and really the Anchor Bay player who, who committed the foul yeah. turned to the referee. Immediately who, started like, yeah, doing and, and And gave her, travel. oh, he traveled, he traveled, and it, and it literally looked like she changed her thought right there on the spot from going up and calling a foul to, yes, you're right, it was a travel. Um, had he not done that, I think she was going to call a foul because I think it was a foul. Right. Uh, and and then the, the game goes to overtime, and then well, the Saints are up six with 14 seconds to go in their own gym against right. an Anchor Bay team. I don't know that they'd won a game yet. I think this was only like this was actually the day before Croslex Northern. Yeah, uh, and and I mean it it was just crazy what Dylan Gyra then did because he calmly knocked down a three, then he stole the inbounds, went to the basket, laid it in. Then there was uh, the the turnover, and he was wide open, right, standing right in the paint for an easy shot off the glass. To, to win the game, uh, and it's just like, how did this happen? All the Saints had to do, even after they blew the six-point lead and it was down to one, all they had to do was get the ball in bounds, he had his and the game Miller was moment. over. Yeah. I mean, that, um, that was as ridiculous of a comeback as you'll ever see. And like you said, there was a lot of times where, well, to the, the three free throw thing was they were calling lane violations, but no one signaled it. Yeah, the 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 – the other referee, there were three officials here. One did an outstanding job, and the other two should give their paychecks to the one who did an outstanding <laughs> job. Um, they, they had a rough night. And, yeah, the, the one guy, he wasn't calling anything, and he wasn't signaling anything, and that was my beef about him. And then the other uh, official, every time she made a call, there had to be a huddle with the other two officials to make sure she knew what she was calling. How do you not know what you're calling? Right. And, yeah, because you said there are 5,000 huddle of Yeah, I mean, it was every whistle that it was her call, they huddled. Um, and then, like, the the other guy, like, she was calling everything. Right. The other guy was letting everything go. And then you had the guy that was doing it right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it... Uh, there was a clip I took out where it went to overtime because there was an offensive foul. They gave it back, and it was a weird situation. And you're like, you know what? It's probably for the best we go to overtime <laughs> and not settle it like this. But this was, I mean, that comeback alone is worthy of being on this list. But it was a great game to begin with. That kind of started. That was the beginning of the no good, very bad losing streak for St. Clair where they felt cursed. Yeah. And that was a heck of a way to start it where they had like three different chances to win it. Obviously, ultimately, they turned their season around and, and ended up about 500 and were competing for a league title. But, man, this, uh, this was one that I don't think they're going to forget. Now that the wound's not too fresh, I'm sure they can go look back and go, what the hell happened in that <laughs> yeah. one? But, yeah, uh, one guy scoring seven points in under 15 seconds to win the game in overtime is, uh, yeah, I don't care what team they play for. That's worthy of a spot. Yeah. 
No, and, and it was crazy because it was a two-man show for Anchor Bay in the first half. Uh, the the foreign exchange student from Cristal. France, uh, he he was knocking down threes from everywhere, and Essien was shooting the lights out for Saint Clair. Franz scored a million points all at the free throw line. Um, it, it was it was crazy, and then Gyra took over in the second half, and he finished I think with the most points again. He finished with like twenty six. Well, when you get half of them in the final thirty <laughs> seconds, that helps too. So that was number five. That was a game that was down to the wire, back and forth. The outcome was in flux for like an hour of real time because that's how long it took to play the fourth quarter in overtime. This next game. The outcome was never really in doubt. There was a couple times it got close, but anytime it did, Cardinal Mooney took control of this one. And this was maybe Mike McAndrews' magnum opus as a coach when well, they beat Genesee Christian. Uh, first off, um, parental uh, guidance warning. This was an ass-kicking. Yeah. Um, Cardinal Mooney took it to Genesee Christian, who I believe was the number one yes. team. Uh, in, in the in that division, and they were the the favorite uh, to beat Mooney and to win the regional. Mooney was a road bump, uh, and and Mike was really concerned about this game and really concerned how to stop the the big scorer for Genesee Christian, and they slammed the door shut on this kid, and he had a game plan. They stuck to it. They ran it like clockwork, both ends of the floor. He knew what he wanted to do offensively, right? And they stuck to it. And defensively, it was yeah, it, it was a masterpiece. Uh, and and uh, uh, you know, the kids ultimately won the game, right? But Mike McAndrews' game plan won this game. And he he was brilliant this night. And it was the team that had knocked Booney out the year before, and. Mooney hadn't been great in this season. Wouldn't have been anything. Aw- I mean, they beat Shrine, which was great. They had done that the year before. But this is when the season went from, all right, they struggled in the regular season. What is Mooney going to do to, oh, this is a special postseason run. And this is kind of the male version of Marysville Lake Fenton. That was the same feel it had where you hoped Mooney was going to win, but you didn't expect them to. Not only did they win, they dominated yeah yeah i was just hoping for a close game right now everhart right wing corner for three rattles and goes brian everhart triples and it's five nothing mooney now for rice on the right wing gets inside lob to catavera off the window he scores it in a foul everhart to tremblay tremblay on the left wing lobs inside rice cutting to the basket lays it up and lays it in goes back to trent rice out top He's working against Derdarian this time. Going to try to beat him. Gets inside. Lobs it to Catavera, and he'll kiss it off the glass and score it. Second one on the way. Yes. 19 for Hilliker. Mooney by 13. Five seconds to go. Boyke will walk it up. He won't shoot. The game is over. Cardinal Mooney wins. 57-44, and they're going to the quarterfinals. They're the regional champs here at Oakland Christian. Yeah, Boy- Boyke and Chapman the year before combined for over 50 points uh, in, in the game at Peck that knocked Mooney out. And, th- and this night uh, they were held to 20 points between them. They each had like 10 points in the game. Yeah, and this is a team that had averaged like 
80 points a game or in, in the 70s. Yeah. And they were held to 44. I mean, we saw this team run past Port here on high at SC4 in the in the showcase. That I don't know how else to put it, but Mooney shocked them, shocked everyone, and knocked off a really good team. And then they'd go on. We could have put the Taylor Trillium game yes. in. But they went on to beat Trillium, who was not an easy w- victory. Yeah, 59-56 in the Trillium game, and, and that was a great uh, basketball game. Boyke had scored 38 in the regional semifinal, and he had two at halftime yeah. of this game. Like, Mike McAndrews was like, I don't know what we're going to do with Boyke. He's so fast. And he, and he, and he just said, we'll probably put a, a guy at midcourt. And, and that's what they did. Yeah. And, and it's like, cut him off before he gets going. Right. Make him give up the basketball. And it, and it and it worked, and Chapman had a bad shooting game. Uh, it, it was a masterpiece. And Cadavera had like 20 rebounds in this or something. Uh, you heard Hilliker with 19. Rice took over at, at points in the game. And- Trombley made one basket, but it was a three-pointer that was huge when Genesee Christian in, in the second quarter was making a little bit of a run to try to get back in the game. They got it back to like four points, and all of a sudden, boom, Seven-point game, you're, you're not coming back. Right. And that was just Mooney. Again, this and the Trillium game both could have been on there, but they made a magical run, and this was the big one, beating number one to get a, a regional title for the first time in a while and get back to the Final Four ultimately for the first time in about a decade. Yeah, yeah. that's A lot of people forget they made it to the semifinals. They, right. they lost to Munising, who ended up winning it all. Right. So that was number four. And our run of basketball games continue. Uh, this is we had a good well, basketball season. We did have a good basketball season. Uh, this is a game that, at first, you thought it was going to be very nondescript, very what it's always been, and in the end, it was the perfect embodiment of the Armada Cross Lex rivalry in basketball over the past few years. Yeah, this is a microcosm of how it's gone for Armada. So close. Yep, but they just can't get past that one team, and that one team is the Pioneers. This ended up being a Our great basketball. Game. Number three game of the year, a regular season early BWAC meeting between Armada and Crosslex. Kretsch will play it ahead. Soul one against two, outweights the defender, flips it up off the square and scores it. Four for Trevor Soul. nine-nothing Pioneers, three minutes into the basketball game. Sneezak brings it up, gives it to Westfall. Parker Westfall dribbles off into the right wing corner, then hands it off to Rawlings. He hits a cutting Sneezak out in front, and he'll lay it up and lay it in. And just like that, Armada has taken the lead 10-9. They're on a 10-0 run. Kretsch gets inside, gets by three defenders. No, McDonald the rebound, and then they had to follow him to stop him. With 35 seconds to go, Donovan McDonald will get to the line to shoot two in a one-point game. Now it gets loud in here as McDonald needs the first free throw to tie the game. Got it. Oh, calmly and coolly knocks it down. 42-42 with 35 seconds to go. Now McDonald will try to give the Pioneers the lead. Won't go. Kalakovic hanging out near midcourt. Sneezak comes up to put some pressure on him. Hand off to Kretsch. 12 seconds to go. 10 seconds. Back to Kalakovich against Nizak. Seven seconds behind the back dribble to the free throw line. 
Three seconds, bad pass in the corner, goes out of bounds. Armada gets it back with 1.1 second to go here in regulation. Kretsch bounce pass into the post, triple team on McDonald, forces it up and in, and the foul. McDonald scores on a triple team and they hacked him. 44-42, Pioneers and a free throw coming. Dish it off to Chapman baseline, got around McDonald, glasses it and scores. 12 for Chapman. Armada leads it by two. 47-45, 2-10 to go in overtime. Snezak double teamed, fell to the floor, ball on the deck, steal, Kolakovic. Two on one to the basket, Trey takes it, missed, rebound, Kretsch, stick back, scores, and he's fouled. 47-47. And the free throw by Kretsch is good. Riley Andrews going to try to drive. Soul cuts him off. Gives it to Snezak. He'll get inside. Dangerous pass, but he got it. Through to Rollins, who glasses it and scores. Tigers by a point. They try a fast break at the other end. Kretsch gets to the bucket and scores. 50-49, Pioneers. 59 seconds to go in overtime. Timeout, Cross-Lex. Second free throw. Good. Kretsch got them both. 54-51. They need a three. They've got two seconds to get it up. They'll get it to Kuhn, and he can't get the shot away. And Crosslex escapes in Armada tonight. The final score in overtime is the Pioneers 54 and the Tigers 51. And what a great game. And what wasn't in there, uh, Brady, was Crosslex got out to a 9-0 lead and then right. Armada scored 13 in a row. Right. <laughs> and you thought, okay, here's classic Crosslex. Yep, they're a big BWAC game. They're going to body slam them. It's going to be over before the first quarter. And then Armada had a really nice response. I don't think I put the clip in there where Chapman played the entire fourth quarter with and overtime with four fouls. And Armada had so many chances in Croslex. They just find a way to get it done. Yeah, uh, th- this was a game, too. Uh, Chapman was out from, like, the middle of the first quarter until the fourth. And Rollins came in and did a great job, and he had, like, 10 points and 10 rebounds. And and that was, like, undersized against McDonald and some of the kids that uh, Crosslex can put out there. He had a great game, and it still wasn't enough. Right. And they had – they had the lead in the fourth quarter. They fought back. Uh, actually, looking at this, three of our top ten games all happened within like four days of each other because this happened, and then the, Cross-Lex's next game was Northern, yep. and in between the two was St. Clair Anchor Bay. Yeah. That, that, was a, that was a busy week, but a good week. Yes, and <laughs> Armada Cross-Lex, I mean, that is... I have never seen a team just not able to get over the hump no matter what they do and be so good and have so many different chances. And Croslex just finds a way to escape, finds a way to win. Yeah, and they're they're struggling with Richmond too. Like they're they're right there. We know they're really good, right? But they just whoever's at the top, they just can't seem to knock them off. Anyways, we've got two games left and a bunch of other games that we want to mention, and and we'll do that uh, in just a moment. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. 
Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Come on, Raph. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue. Brisket, pork, and sausage, you're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on Lapeer, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone. And DB's does catering. Whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448 and like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, and you're back with uh, Dennis and Brady counting down our top 10 games of the uh, year. Uh, again, we had a big list to right. start, so there were a lot of honorable mentions. First, again, a recap. Northern Orchard Lake, St. Mary's Hockey at 10. Armada Croslex Baseball at 9. Northern Croslex Boys Basketball at 8. Marysville St. Clair Softball at 7. Sandusky Cast City Girls Basketball at 6. Anchor Bay St. Clair Boys Basketball at 5. Mooney Genesee Christian at 4 boys basketball and another boys basketball armada and cross lex boys basketball here are the honorable mentions in no particular order dennis if you want to give a quick sentence or two about any of them go ahead uh one of our first cuts was mooney everest football the one in the regular season that mooney won like 15 to 8 yeah and it was the first time they'd ever beaten them Yes. And it was a huge win at the time as Mooney won the league title. Yes, and that was a game that was uh, very uh, back-and-forth, low-scoring affair. St. Clair Armada boys basketball when Braylon France nearly willed St. Clair to the win. Andrew Sneezak got his 1,000th point, and he, was, uh, he did enough to get the win, but, man, that was... France stole the show in the loss. Uh, we mentioned Mooney and Trillium in boys basketball, Dakota and Northern in boys basketball. Another great game. If the result was flipped, maybe we would have thought yeah. of this one a little more fondly. But when uh, the more I think about you know the guys Northern didn't have right. for the game, 
and they had the last shot to tie right. with the best player in the state taking the shot. It was a great game. Marysville Meridian girls basketball. This was a crazy one where uh, Meridian kind of opened the door for Marysville to come back, and they took it, and they didn't play a great game, but they just kept chopping away, chopping away, chopping away at it. Uh, St. Clair Marine City in baseball in the district semifinals. It was a 2-1 game. Yep. Zach Tetler and Logan Ellis dueled, and it was a 2-1 game in the second, and it ended 2-1, and that was a huge win for Marine City. Uh, Northern Marysville hockey was considered when Marysville won the Larry Manns for the first time ever. Yeah, uh, Northern has dominated that event. Nobody has beaten them, and Marysville finally beat them. And it was a good game as well. One you saw on the west side, Mooney and Hackett in boys basketball. Again, didn't have a lot of stakes, but it was still a really good game. And, and Hackett was really strong, and they were really big. And it was just a, a great weekend, uh, and, and Mooney really put in a great effort. And until the playoffs, this was probably the best game they had played all year. Algonac and Dakota softball. Oh, what a game. One Kenna Bomarito was lights out again on the mound, and Ella Stevenson with a home run to score the game's only run, and uh, Dakota's really good. Yes. Uh, Almont Crosslex football. This was a stunner where Almont just had made every gotta-have-it play. Uh, they they stunned Crosslex and, and let them know that the Raiders are still around. That was a big win at Crosslex. And it was one of the few times where the folks in North Branch were in love with the folks in Almont. <laughs> right. Um, Ubley Whiteford in the state championship. Yeah. That was a good game. Uh, didn't go Ubley's way. And the last one we have is Armada versus Richmond Boys Basketball. This one was the regular season meeting, although their district final could have been on there as well. Yeah, and that was a great basketball game. And again, a heart, I think it was, what, 60 oh, to 59 yeah. or something like that. Another one where Armada came up Another one where Armada came up just short. So we had to cheat with number two. Yeah. This we is... combined, <laughs> we just put Richmond softball walk-offs because to pick one between Marysville, Country Day, or Frankenmuth just isn't fair. So we cheated, and it's a three-for-one, all of Richmond softball walk-offs in the postseason. Yeah, so, so this is their run to the semifinals. Uh, first, they beat Marysville in the district semifinal on a walk-off. Then they beat Country Day in the regional final. Then they beat Frankenmuth in the quarterfinal. And you'll, you'll notice Piper Clark's involved in all of these. And ahead in the count now, 0-2 with two outs and a runner at first. And the pitch. Swung on. Fly ball to right. Deep. Well hit. Gone. Gone. A walk-off for Piper Clark in the bottom of the eighth. With two strikes, she goes the other way to right and wins it for the Blue Devils, 5-3. to three. And the pitch. High ball four. Runner goes. They throw the ball into the left field. Here comes Clark trying to score. Throw to the plate is late. Richmond wins. Richmond wins. A walk and a steal and a throwing error. And Richmond wins. Boy, they have got the center fielder way over in right center. There is a big hole in left center. And there's a swing and a drive to right. Well hit. Way back. And up against the fence. Clark to second. Hildreth around third. And the throw will go into the middle of the diamond. Hildreth scores. Clark walks him off. Richmond has won the quarterfinal 3-2. to two. So, uh, yeah, all Piper Clark did in the postseason, I think she hit 6-11 
and she drove in nine runs in six games. And two of those were walk-offs. And the one where she didn't drive it in, she was the one stealing third and came home and scored. Yeah, how are we going to pick between those? Because then we would have just had three entries on this list talking about Richmond and their amazing postseason run. So, yeah, we're, we're going to cheat, and we're just putting that in as one because yeah. – we didn't want to kick off the bottom third of this list. No, and in the uh, the, the Country Day uh, game, uh, there were just two hits, one by each team. They were both in the first inning. So the last six innings of that game had no hits. Uh, the pitchers struck out 25 of the 57 outs. Shoeboy had 14 strikeouts, retired the last 15 hitters of the game, gave up a leadoff walk in the third, and nobody got on base after that. And, yeah, any postseason run almost always has a little bit of magic to it. This one had more magic than Richmond's maybe ever had in a run. Fortunately, it ended with a loss in the semifinal. But still, which, which they there, were winning in the bottom of the sixth. Right. Inning. And that game could have been on this list as well. Yeah. Again, just not the best result. And sometimes we it takes a lot to put a local team losing in (laughs) here um because those games are just so good um but richmond all three of those were incredible remember we weren't sure richmond was getting out of the district and then we weren't sure they were we thought they were the underdog to country day not a big one but an underdog down there and then in frank they were an underdog to frankenmuth too probably and at least by the rankings and they walk all of them off and it was just so dramatic and so disney-esque that yeah, we had to put all three, and it was the same person was involved in all of them. And in the, the district final with St. Clair, that was a, a really exciting game, too. Right. That, that ended was up the 11 to 9 of, of all their <laughs> wins. But uh, yeah, it, it was like a script. If you handed it to a producer, they would have thrown it out and said, not realistic. All right. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about who the no. number one game of the year um, was. And, and it was one of our first games of the it's year. It's not often that I think this was game number four we did of 281. And with a bullet, it is number one. It is the only game I have done that I think challenges Marysville Marine City from our first year. This and going back and and getting the highlights, I had forgotten so much of what had happened. This was an incredible game, and you talk about stakes. Armada was a team that had a nice year the year before, came up a little short, so everyone's kind of looking at them going, okay, was that a flash in the pan? Did they just get one of those magical seasons where they play for a league title and come up short and then they'll regress to the mean? Or are they here to stay? And they're doing it against Marine City. And Marine City, for lack of a better term, is the final boss of Blue Water area football yes. teams. If you can beat Marine City, you have arrived. You are legit. And they went there, and I remember talking to Kyle Rowley before the game and going out to practice. He goes, hey, we didn't schedule Marine City to say, hey, we're, we play, we're playing Marine City, and we hope we give it our best ever. We scheduled Marine City to beat Marine City. And for a game that was just orange and black all over East China Stadium, this was on the Friday of Labor Day weekend, so everybody was there, and Oh, boy, did it delivered, and I think it took my heart about two days to finally calm down because <laughs> there was so much going on, but our number one game, without a doubt, our made of Marine City football. 
From the nine-yard line, second and goal. Heslop under center, same two backs behind him, Tetler and Muscat. Snap, handoff, left side, Rafino trying to take it out the edge at the 10. Cuts up at the five, spins around the defender, reaches to the goal line. Touchdown, Marine City. Anthony Rafino on the jet sweep. Third and goal from the half-inch line. Pratt under center, Conan the deep man. Pratt takes the snap, hands off to the fullback, into the end zone. Touchdown, Armada. Zach Dykes gets the Tigers on the board. 28 seconds left to go for Marine City in this first half. Second and about 13 from the 23-yard line. They have to go to the sidelines. 28 seconds, they might be able to get one more playoff if they're tackled inbound short of the first down. Snap out of the shotgun to Heslop. Looking to the right side, wants the screen. Muscat, he has blockers in front of him. They're 20, 15 blockers in front to the 10, into the end zone. Mariner touchdown right before the buzzer. Oh, the screen worked to perfection. Jeff Heslop taking his time, only 10 seconds left to go on the play clock. Breaks the huddle with eight, works to the line. Two men split out to the right, two men behind Heslop. From the 31-yard line, second and 20. Heslop, snap, keeper, looking, looking. Wants Atkinson on a post route. No one by him. Touchdown, Marine City. Armada hustling to the line, same full house set. Fodale, the deep man from the one. Snap, turn right, hand off Fodale. He keeps his feet moving. It's near the end zone. Is he in? No. Third and goal from about the inch line. Wait, no, touchdown? Touchdown, Armada. 2.04 showing on the clock. Fourth and three at the Marine City Five for the game. Pratt out of the gun. One man split out either side. Fodale the back. Snap, looking, Pratt. Wants the slant, and it's caught! Andrews in the end zone! Touchdown, Armada! To tie the game for Armada, Pratt under center. Snap, handoff, left side, Fodale, no! Play action, caught! Two points good! We have a tie ball game at East China Stadium! From the 39, snap, looking, left, pump fake, plenty of time. Fires the deep ball, wants Seiler! Intercepted! Going to the 45-50, 45-40, Marine City! Gets tackled at the 10 with 15 seconds to go from the right hash. Five seconds to go. Snap, hold, kick. Short. We have overtime. From the five, second and goal, handoff Conan. He plows his way to the three, to the two, across the goal line. Touchdown, Tigers. They strike first in overtime. Bottom of the second overtime. Marine City needs three feet to stay alive in the game. They bring in the heavy package. No one split out wide. Heslop under center. We haven't seen a QB sneak yet. Heslop puts a man in motion. Handoff right side. He hits a man, and he stumbles into the end zone. Marine City scores on fourth and goal. And it looks like Marine City said enough is enough. We're putting all our chips in the middle of the table. They're going for two. Play clock running. 20 seconds to go for the ball game. Darren Letson is trusting his offense on one play. For the win, Heslop under center. Man in motion. Snap, handoff, right side. He's short. No, he Heslop kept it. It doesn't matter. Armada stopped them both. Armada has knocked off the Marine City Mariners in East China Stadium for the first time in four years. Unbelievable, our only football game on the top ten. Well, see, that's just a matter of percentages. We get what? 
25 football games a year compared to like 120 baseball and softball. But, and- but still, like, if you go back to pa- our past two years, like the, the football games seem to be the best games. Right. Well, just because football, I think, lends itself to being more dramatic. I mean, there's nine games in a year, so inherently each game means a lot more. Just by numbers, it's double what a basketball game means, and especially if it's a league title game. But that's a game where Marine City went up 21-7, to and it's in the third quarter. I'm sorry. If you're up, if you're down two scores to Marine City in the second half, you're dead. At East China State, especially. You are dead. They're just getting ready for the funeral arrangements. And Armada scored, got a stop, got the ball back with nine minutes to go. And first down, three, four yards, five yards, first down, four yards, four yards, first down. Just down the field methodically. And then on fourth and three, hits a pass to give them a chance to tie it because it was 21 13. They had missed the extra point prior. Tie it to make it 21 21. They get a stop. This is what I had forgotten. They got a stop on Marine City, got the ball back, and they went for it. They threw a pick, and I thought Parker Atkinson was housing it. And Kyle Conan, I believe it was him, across the field, makes the tackle. They miss the extra point, or they miss the field goal. Before that, and I didn't put this in the highlight clip, before they missed the field goal to go to overtime, it was, um, I believe, uh, Fodale had a pick six in his hands. He reached up and hit his fingertips, and there was 100 yards of green grass in front of him. And if he picks it off, he flips the script and ends it in regulation. They both go to overtime. Marine City gets stopped on fourth down. Then Armada, they miss the field goal. So we do another overtime. Armada finally scores. They trust their kicker, make the extra point. And Marine City scores on fourth and goal, no less. And then for them to say, enough. Last play of the game, winner take all. And you just saw four Tiger uniforms come, two tackled Heslop, two tackled Tetler. And it was one of those moments where you could tell everyone on Marine City's side was going, that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah, a great ball game, a great way to, to kick off the football season. And a great way to, to kick off the, the school year. And, and ultimately, that might have been one of Armada's biggest wins in a long, long time for their football program. Yeah, I have to be honest. I don't know the his, the full history of Armada like, football. They won a league title in 03, so yeah. maybe a win in that year. But besides that, for credibility and to make a statement, that's one of those wins that I feel comfortable saying the last 40 years is one of their yeah. biggest Yeah, well, I've been in the area for the last 30 years covering the sport, and there haven't been too many times Armada has been involved in a in big games like that. And the ones that they have been involved mostly have been in the recent last right. two, three years. And for them to go to East China Stadium, you heard me say it at the end, first time that that senior class had lost at East China Stadium. They just don't lose there. Yeah. And... They go in there in a gutty win. They had a little luck on their side. They forced a fumble inside the 10 in the first half. And there there were some things, but they came back from down two scores in the second half against Marine City. And it's excuse me. It's not like they're cross legs. And their offense was set up to do that. Armada's offense is set up to play from ahead. They basically had to play a perfect final 
call it 20 minutes of of game time to win that game and they did they got it to overtime it they nearly gave it away and then they nearly took it back and then you had two missed field walk off field goals that is the only game uh to come close to Marysville Marine City football from a couple years ago it was unbelievable and so in our last three years we've had two football games and Algonac Grass Lake softball was the number one last year those are three incredible games yeah don't don't get me started on that Algonac Grass that Lake was game. that was the grand slam that wasn't, wasn't the grand slam and and then you thought it was for one reason then you saw the video yeah. but anyway those were just it was an unbelievable game and maybe it's the pageantry a little bit of it kicked off the year and a historically let's be honest doormat program gets a win over the final boss of the area and announces themselves and says we are here and they go on to win a BWAC title i just wish we would have had the rematch <laughs> that is now up there with Crosslex Marysville boys basketball from a couple years ago of games that never happened that I'm just going to, 10 years from now, I'm going to be sitting back going, what if they played? And we had it. It was lined up for Perfectly. them to meet. The same, it would have been back at East China and, Stadium. And, and Flint Hammity had a different idea because it knocked both of them out. Right. And at first you're going, what the hell, Armada? And then you saw him and you went, oh. oh yeah. I just saw actually today um, one of their receivers just signed with Grand Valley. Yeah. Does that surprise you? No, no. Uh, it was the quarterback, though, right. that was just – he was total chaos. But could you imagine – Running around back there. The, the, just the, the drama of one of their seasons is going to end. For Armada, they can – Put the punctuation mark saying no luck was involved. We'll go do it again for Marine City. They could have avenged it, and it didn't happen. Yeah, that's good. That is one that I, well, man, I wish we had it. But we get to kick off this football season with the same game in Armada. Yeah, so that uh, yeah, the, the, it won't I'm, be the same. It won't be the same. But but believe me. It, you know, both sides know. Right. And, I'll, and, I'll, and but a Marine lot of, City will come in with a chip on their shoulder, and Armada will go into that game going, okay, now you're at our house. Right. We're not only going to beat you this year, but we're going to beat you. Yeah. And a lot of the main characters have left for both sides. Who's going to step up in that role? But one more time, our final list, uh, number 10, Northern Orchard Lake St. Mary Hockey. Number nine, Armada Croslex Baseball. Number eight, Northern Croslex Boys Basketball. Number seven, Marysville St. Clair Softball. Number six, Sandusky Cass City Girls Basketball. Number five, St. Clair versus Anchor Bay Boys Basketball. Number four, Mooney versus Genesee Christian Boys Basketball. Number three, Armada Croslex Boys Basketball. Richmond softball, all their walk-offs were number two, and are made a Marine City football at number one. All right. Great show. And, yeah, we'll have more for you coming up in the summer, but that's always a fun one. I'm sure there's people out there that thought we missed some, but it was it was not easy getting it down to this final. 10. No, it, it, it was not. And, yeah, we probably did miss some. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.